another group of people who rented the our place, first renters, the, first the ones renters, who left it like completely spotless. Completely it was clean, awesome. Had a kid's birthday party. So I really think that that's cool that people can use our house and our space to bring like joy and happiness to those around them. Like that just makes me feel really happy. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 228. Every night, on average, there are over 500,000 properties rented out on Airbnb. Hey, we're part of that statistic now. When we're renting our place out on Airbnb, typically that means that we are on our way to another awesome travel adventure, although a few times it has meant that we're ready to crash at my parents' house. But no matter where we're going when we're renting our place out on Airbnb, I always take my Tortuga backpack with me. You know that that is the backpack that I have used over the last three years to take with me all over the world. I love it because it is the perfect travel carry-on size, big enough to fit everything you'll need, whether that's a one weekend trip or whether that's a one year trip, but small enough that the airlines are not going to ding you and make you pay for a check bag. So if you want to check out the entire lineup of Tortuga backpacks that they have, go to tortugabackpacks.com, check it out. And don't forget when you place an order to use the special promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who has been obsessing over bathtubs and bathroom tiles, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, everyone, and I'm trying to convince Trav to let me remodel the bathroom and he said yes but then when i wanted to buy the items he was like i don't know not yet i had a little mini not freak out i just like i don't want to do it right now she came home and wanted to buy it immediately i said Let, let's chill out but that brings us exactly into what we're going to talk about in today's episode and we're talking about home improvements on a travel podcast for the fact that we're going to be talking about our experience as airbnb homeowners, I guess, as people who are renting our homes out, not as people who are renters. So are we the, we're the rentees? I guess air, let's say air, we'll use Airbnb landlords for this. That's a, that's a <laughs> sure. term, I guess. And we're going to be giving you some tips and tricks about, you know, if you might want to consider Airbnb in your house out. And when we say Airbnb, we do mean it could be on VRBO, it could be on Homeway, it could be on any of those. We're just going to use Airbnb as a verb throughout this whole podcast because that's what we do uh, when we talk about Airbnb. So I'm pretty excited about this podcast actually because since we moved back into our house last August, a big part of our plan for being able to travel as much as we want but also have a home base is the freedom we have with renting our house out short term. 
Yes. And so we're going to be discussing that. We're going to touch on what we thought before we did it and kind of, you know, what those fears and concerns were. And if they were valid, we're going to talk about our experience so far with the renters that we've had coming through, some of the mistakes we've made. We're also going to talk about some of the touches that we've added. When I say we, I mostly mean Heather in this section. Mostly mean or mean all? All that Heather has done to make the house nice for people who are coming in for a short time. We're also going to talk about, you know, pricing, how we decide our pricing, why we raised it, different things like that. So we're going to give you some actionable tips and tricks if you're looking to do your home. We're in by no means experts at this. We're just getting started. But I think that that's why it's kind of cool that we get to do this podcast. And you can learn from that is because We've only started doing it, so everything is fresh. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the opportunities, as you mentioned, Heather, that's provided us to allow us to travel because that's what's so neat about this is that by Airbnb being our Airbnb being our home out, we're going to slip on that a lot throughout this podcast. We've had some really cool opportunities and just our overall thoughts and things like that. And one of the neat things is that last year, in last year's Paradise Pack, and if you're unfamiliar with what the Paradise Pack is, we do it every the first week of every June. If you want more information about it, we're having a ton of free giveaways, giving away backpacks and cool stuff and all this great stuff, text Paradise Pack to 33444. That's Paradise Pack, all one word to 33444. But it's a bundle sale determined to help people travel, live and work anywhere in the world. And last year, one of the products that was in our Paradise Pack was by a friend of mine named Jasper Rivers. And he owns an apartment or a flat. I was going to say flat. That's you know, that's what they say in Europe. I'm very European. He owns a flat in Amsterdam. And he told me last year that he in 2014, made $50,000 over what he owed on his mortgage by short-term renting out his apartment on Airbnb. And that's when the lights went off. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. This is uh, There's some potential here, not just to you know cover your mortgage, but to actually make some money. And he's one of the people in the forefront of actually making money with it. So uh, really cool. And that's why we decided to get started on something like that. Yeah. And Trav is definitely obsessed with Airbnb rental properties now. Wherever we go to a new city, he's always like scoping out the scenes. So that brings us to our own personal experience. We moved back into our house uh, in August of 2015, and we worked really hard to get it Airbnb ready. And we definitely are just really excited about the opportunity that it's provided us. Before we started to rent it out, what were some of your reservations or worries? Because now when we tell people, oh, yeah, we put our our place up on Airbnb there, you know, you always hear like, Oh, is it safe? Do you lock your stuff up? What What were you thinking when you're like, all right, we're going to let quote unquote strangers into our home? So I think because we travel throughout the world so much and we're really open to meeting new people, I don't really have any concerns with the stuff in our house. I, I, I just don't. And I trust people. And I think that because Airbnb has a mutual review system, for example, I can review a person who rents our house and the person who's renting can review us as owners of the house. And it's a reciprocity thing. So I can say no to people who have bad reviews. I I don't want them to rent my house. So I guess I just like inherently try to trust people that they're going to respect our home. And I I don't really worry about it. And we haven't had any issues. See, that's interesting to me because I had a few reservations. I mean, I wanted to do it and I was gung-ho. Um, my, I think my biggest concerns revolved around two things. One, is anyone actually going to rent our place out? Now, we don't live in Philadelphia. We live outside of Philadelphia in a suburb that, you know, it's just a suburb. 
it's not like a lot of people are coming through, or at least we didn't think a lot of people were coming through. So my biggest reservation was, is this even going to work or people are going to rent out our place? Which, no harm, no foul. You put your stuff up on a listing, Airbnb, VRBO, Homeway, whatever, it, you don't have to pay to put your listing up on most of them. So if no one rents it, who it cares? It doesn't really so, matter. But, and, but the other thing was that I thought stuff might get broken, and that wouldn't be on purpose. And, you know, it may happen, but... I was I was a little worried about some of our stuff going into it. Now, that was a little bit of the worries that I had. Now, since that, we've had now four different groups of people come through our home in the last six months, and we've been here for a lot of that, and that's why it hasn't been rented quite so often because we've been here, but we have had some very, very good experiences. Why don't we tell people about the experiences that we've had so far? Well, we've had, like Travis said, four different groups of people come through and each group has been very respectful and left the place just as clean as when they arrived, which has been so surprising for me because, you know, I mean, other than we have to change the sheets or, or do some obviously re-clean before new people come, but it's not like this overwhelming, like you walk into your house and your house is trashed. No one has left it looking that way. So to me, that's been a really nice aspect. In our very first experience with Airbnb, with, with actually having it rented out, was we went to Cape Town for a whole month and we had this place spick and span. We had just moved back in a month ago. We had done some work and it looked awesome. And I was so ready for someone to Airbnb it and nothing. No one for that whole month we were away even bothered to inquire about it. And I was really bummed. Then we get home. A week later, we head out to Phoenix. We hadn't cleaned it. We were only supposed to go to Phoenix for four days. And all of a sudden, we land in Phoenix and we get a little ding on our phone. And someone's asking if they can come in that day. And so we had to scramble a bit. And it's just funny. We had a friend come over, clean the house and tidy up and everything like that. And we got back from Phoenix a week later, and we'll talk about that, the opportunity it allowed us, because we actually stayed out in Phoenix for five more well, days. Well, we stayed in Arizona. In Arizona, five days longer, because they wanted to stay here, which was awesome. So they were paying us to stay here, so we decided to stay out on vacation longer. And we came back, and it was immaculate. And turns out that the one of the ladies who was renting it cleaned houses as a profession, and they left us a little pillowcase with our initials on it. And it was it looked as good, if not better, than the way we had left it for them. And uh, that was just, I think, really a cool way to start our Airbnb experience. Obviously, not every guest is going to be as amazing as them, but it gave me some... I guess motivation, like, and, and to think, yeah, this is this is such a really cool thing to be the landlord of an Airbnb property versus just a renter. And also the fact that Trav was really nervous about whether or not we would have opportunity to Airbnb our place. Like he said, we live about twenty five miles outside of Philadelphia. So you know, if you think you can't rent your space because it's in the countryside or it's not near a major city or it's not downtown, think of the things that are around your area because. Where we live in Phoenixville, there is the Philadelphia Convention Center, which is a mere seven miles away. And we've gotten a lot of people in our house or interested in our house because they're going to a convention. Something seven we minutes away. never, ever would have thought never about. You know, thought all about. the gun shows coming through or the flower shows coming through. And this isn't the one that's downtown in Philadelphia. There's another. In the suburbs. Yeah, and ancillary one. And it just so happens to be close to us. And there are also weddings and graduations from colleges. And so it's it's really cool the amount of people who are coming through our area and then the reasons that they're coming. Yeah, and our home is 
if you were to pick a perfect Airbnb property, it would be you know like a one or two bedroom condo, super easy to maintain, all this kind of stuff. And we have a four bedroom house in the suburbs. So yeah, not your typical Airbnb property, but I think a lot of people get scared away by saying, or by or they don't even try because they think, well, why would anyone come through? And we've had a bunch of people come through, as I mentioned, for reasons that we didn't ever even imagine. And so you never know who's going to come through. So it's no, again, no harm, no foul with putting it up and seeing if people will come through. We have... I, I don't want to say we made some mistakes, but you know we're new to this, and we've had four groups come through, and we're working on improving it. So, what are there are a few things that we haven't done to kind of systematize this yet? Things like getting keys to people easily, um, you know, getting a cleaner and having a book. Like, what are some of the things that we're looking to do a little better? So, the main thing is obviously how do you get someone access to your house, and when we on the last, we were on our three week road trip and we had two sets of people come through while we were gone. And it's like, well, how do you, if we're not going to meet them in person, how do they get a key? Now, fortunately we have friends and my sister who lives nearby. So we had, you know, left a key outside, but it's not very secure. So we thought about doing a wireless, like a Kivo key entry thing where you could give someone a code, which is a very good option for probably 95% of people in the world who have normal doors. But because our home is historic and maybe you have a similar case, you know, with your house, our house was built in the 1860s. So the door is this old, old door and it can't have these cool modern technology it's too things. thin to have a deadbolt in it which means that we can't have a keypad which we thought would be really neat and someone could rock up and put the keypad in right. and get let in or well, if we're like in australia we can just like send a code and like open our door if someone gets locked out so that's not going to be in the cards for us but you can if you don't have this option just get like a lockbox that like a realtor would use. And that's what we're planning on doing just so that people can enter, you know, an old fashioned code and get an old fashioned key and unlock our door. And it'll serve a good purpose when I lock myself out of the house, which happens quite often with me leaving the house without a key. So yeah, there's a lot of ways. I mean, that's the biggest thing is how are you going to get the key to people? Another big one is, is the cleaning. If you're going to be away for an extended period of time, or you're going to Airbnb your place, to multiple guests when you're away or you're going to be away for forever and it's just going to be an Airbnb investment property, you know, you have to make sure that someone's in there cleaning it. Yeah, and you have a relationship with that cleaning person and they know the steps to take in order to get it Airbnb ready because it's different than when it's just ready for you to enjoy your own home. Right. And that's something we're working on as well. We've had a few friends help us out with that. We've paid them, but we're looking to systematize that where we get a certain person in each time they come in, we pay them a certain amount. They know, you know, they've been in the house, they know what to expect. They know how to make it nice, you know, do the sheets and all that kind of stuff. And I guess the the third kind of system that we're looking to put in place that we we don't have yet, but will add to the Airbnb experience is some sort of book. And Airbnb allows you A to do this. Book. Yeah, welcome book. Airbnb allows you to do this digitally. So you it can be like on your profile. So when someone checks in, they can you know, check it out online or and we're going to do that. But you can also then, of course, print something out and leave it on the table or something for them. Right. Like, because you never know if someone's phone is dead and they need to connect to the Wi-Fi or, you know, they don't have the password or any information. It's nice to just to have a physical thing to look at in your home. So those are kind of like the practical things that you definitely need to think about when you're renting your home. And I think, and 
as us as an example, you can start doing it without those things fully planned out. I mean, yeah, well, we have. Exactly. And that's what I mean. And it can work. Now, going forward, as we look at this as something that we're going to do more often, and we've had a few people in and we've liked it, we've liked the experience. Now we're going to build it out so that it, it kind of flows a little more seamlessly. Um, and with the welcome book, we had a few good ideas with that. You know, we just live in a small town with some of the restaurants that we frequent around. So we're going to go to them and say, hey, you know, would you offer people who stay at our house like five or 10 percent off their bill as a way to get them to go and check out the local businesses, restaurants, things like that. And also a way to get people into those restaurants. So you can do all types of cool stuff to make it feel more personalized, even if you're not going to be there to meet the people who are renting your place. Right. And as far as those personal touches, that's what excites me about renting out our house. This is where Heather comes in and really shines. And I think that it makes a huge difference because I know these are the things that I like when I go to someone else's house and we're renting Airbnb or any other apartment site. When you arrive and someone welcomes you with, you know, like a glass, a bottle of wine or a beer or fresh flowers, these things are just you remember them and it makes you feel so incredibly welcome. So I always try to have some fresh flowers in the house at somewhere, whether it's, you know, in the living room, the dining room, the the bathrooms, things like that. And then we try to have a small gift for our Airbnb guests, whether it's a bottle of wine or a local thing from your town. Like we have a really nice little chocolate store downtown, things like that. Just, just that gives people this, you know, welcome feeling as soon as they enter your home. Yeah. And I would say too, you don't even have to, you don't have to go overboard. I mean, for example, I think, you know, each guest, we might spend 10 to $15 between getting a little thing of flowers and they're, you know, they're, they're not like this extravagant bouquet, little thing of flowers, a bottle of wine, some chocolates, 10 to $20. And you know, if your price is set high, you can, I guess what I'm saying is you can determine how much you're going to spend on each guest coming through based on how highly priced your place is. If you're, if it's $400, $500 a night, you know, you could spend a little more. It's it's those little touches that people are going to like. And I think the first impression is a really important thing when someone is coming into your home for the first time. Because as we mentioned, we have rented apartments all over the world. And the things that we always remember are those, I remember us getting chocolates when, as soon as we walked into the place in Florence. I remember mm-hmm. when we rented a place in South Africa, they had a local, one local beer for us. It wasn't like they had a whole case or anything, it was just like one local beer. So I put a few local beers in the fridge, Heather does some wine sometimes, some chocolates, some flowers, and all that is just a nice little way that's not expensive for them to start off their trip right. Because you do want to try to get people to leave you good reviews because that's what's going to help, especially if you're in a city or a competitive area, that's what's going to help you stick out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Having the good reviews and and those little details can also help ease any annoyances that your home might have to other people. Now, maybe your house is immaculate. I mean, you don't have these issues, but in the case of our house, like there are some things that are kind of annoying because it's an older house. So like the door might, you know, be jammed or something. There might just be little things that are just kind of annoying. But if the overall atmosphere is beautiful and welcoming, then people aren't going to notice kind of those things that they might think to write 
in a review, if they're going to be really nitpicky, what they're going to write is, oh, great host, welcome, you know, bottle of beer, whatever. That's what they're going to write. And they're not going to say something negative, you know. So So it's kind of like you gloss over the negatives with all these really great positives. And aside from the obvious, you know, you obviously want to have then as well fresh towels and sheets and things like that. But it is those extra touches that Heather is very good at (laughs) at making someone come in, feel welcome and and just have a really good, I don't want to say aura, but a good feeling as soon as you walk into the house. And that kind of then brings us to the idea of pricing, because this has been something we've been playing around with. Again, we've only had four guests come through. We have a few more people for this summer already planning on coming through, but we're talking about reviews and they are really important when someone is looking to come through an area. Because if you look at a, a listing that doesn't have any reviews, you know I know from personal experience when we're looking to rent, not that I'll always skip over it, but I'll certainly, my eye will be drawn to places with more reviews than less reviews. And that's kind of tough in the beginning because you want to make sure you're getting reviews. So we set our pricing fairly low in the beginning to get some people in. And I think it was, what, $125 a night? It was $125 a night. And to give you an idea of our house, Travis said it's a four-bedroom, but at the moment, one bedroom is not in use because it's being remodeled. So it's only two bedrooms with an office that it could be an extra sleeping space. So $125 is what we originally priced it at. We were getting a lot of interest at that price. So then we raised it to $150, which is what it's at now. now and we had a few people stay here at 120. I think the yeah. first two or three people stayed at 125, gave us really good reviews. And on top of that, more interest was coming in. So we thought, okay, this might be, we could probably bump this up a bit. To 150. Now, if we do end up, fin- when our third bedroom is completely finished and renovated, I would definitely say we could raise the price again. But being that it's two bedroom, I think that you know, 150 is a really reasonable price, especially if you're getting two couples in here. That is such a good deal compared to hotel prices around our area. And that's what we have seen. We have two queen size beds, so two full bedrooms with queen size beds. And we've seen most of the time it has been, you know, four people. One time there was six people for some of the time they were here and they stayed on an air mattress, you know. So we have seen that where our house fits in this kind of marketplace is for families or groups of couples. Um, We do have people coming who it it is just two people then, but traditionally it's going to be people who are saying, okay, well, a hotel room, and this is how you want to figure out your pricing. You want to look at what prices are around you, look at hotels around you. You know, if a hotel room around us is 125 or 100 here in the suburbs, okay, well, you know, if there's two couples, they're going to need two hotel rooms. So we're priced lower and they have a backyard, and they have a kitchen, and they have all that. So if you're looking at pricing, take a look at what other places are priced at for Airbnb in your area. Now, for us, that didn't work that well because there weren't really any other entire homes in our neighborhood. There was like one more entire home, and it wasn't really the same as ours. It wasn't the same size. I think it was only one bedroom, maybe maybe two. And then everything else was these rooms in other people's houses. So You might not have other things to compare it to on Airbnb, but you can feel it out by checking out Airbnb, some of those apartment rentals, and then checking out hotels and finding your sweet spot. But I would start low for sure to get some people in to get some reviews and then just keep moving your price up until you think it fits a good good amount. 
Yeah, that's really good advice, Trav. And all the things you're talking about with pricing, obviously that happens on the Airbnb website. So we should probably talk a little bit about managing your account. Yeah, and how you can stick out because you've done a good job of this as well, being the design eye and the photography eye of getting good pictures and having a a good write-up on your profile. Because again, that's what people are going to see. And that's how they're going to determine whether they even want to like rent it or even send an inquiry or anything like that. Right. Because the pictures are, they're going to see those before they even see the reviews. And in some cases, depending on where you live, Airbnb will offer free professional photography. Now they actually offered it for our house, but we were kind of just in a rush before we were leaving on a trip. So I did it myself and I might in the future have them come out and do it. And I want to add one thing. They, at this point, they do say they'll only do it like one time per house for like the lifetime of the listing. So if you are going to, you know, for us, we were looking at redoing the bathroom and remodeling the one room. We kind of put it off as well because we wanted everything to be perfect. Right. And when we left and we had, you know, had just moved back in, we didn't even have as much stuff in the house as we have now. So that being said, there are some tricks to taking good pictures. Obviously, you want to get wide angle shots and then you want to get close up shots as well of little detail things. But that's just a small part of managing your Airbnb account. One pet peeve that I have of people's listings, and we actually do like we haven't done this right so it's i guess a pet peeve at our own listing and i should go on and do it right now oh i'm curious is when you have a picture you know, so, like not everyone labels the picture all the time so if you have like 25 pictures up i like when it says this is the second bedroom this yes. is the third bedroom you know obviously you could see if you're looking at a kitchen or looking in a bathroom but you're trying to decipher from pictures what the layout of the house is and so i hate when the, each picture isn't individually labeled cuz i'm like well what am i looking at is this looking into the kit like the living room so we actually have to go through and label each one of our pictures well i as believe well. i did label most of our pictures because i remember you telling me that that was annoying and when you are looking to rent a place which we've talked about this in our other podcast about finding a good apartment to rent the pictures can be really tricky you think that there's a bedroom and then there's like a studio because of the way like they've set the bed up and then they folded it up into the couch and took another picture so you know what i mean it's good to be really clear about your space that way the people who are coming their expectations are being met instead of they arrive and it's like oh i thought this space was much bigger or much smaller or whatever yeah and you can do that as you mentioned in the description of the uh, the caption of the picture but also the description of the house we're very clear of Here's what's on the first floor. And then, you know, living room. We, you know, I don't even think, I don't think we put the square footage in, but maybe we do, you know? And then, second floor, here's this bedroom. This is the master. Here's how big it is. Here's, it has a closet we, for you to use. And that's one thing that we could mention as well is the fact that we keep our stuff here. It's not an investment property, it's our own home. And so, our stuff is in here. But we provide spaces for people there who come, guests, to actually put their stuff away as, as well. Right. Absolutely. So another thing about managing your account is that the response rate is one of the most important things that Airbnb rates you on as an owner of a property. So if somebody requests to book your house and you do not respond immediately, you will get really, really low ratings from Airbnb. And it takes a long time to get those ratings We learned this the hard way because we put it up and then we had one person rent it and then we were staying here, right? Like we were in here after one renter People would kind of send us notes or messages and we just like, yeah, I don't know. It was coming to my phone. I was like, yeah, I'll get yeah. to it. And so I never Trav did. So didn't and- manage, like 
to do the Airbnb, I was doing the listing and I was managing it and doing all of that. But for some reason, you know, our shared Airbnb account was not, the notifications were not dinging on my phone. They would only ding on Travis's and phone. And I would forget to tell her. And he would forget to tell me. So make sure that you have everything set up so that it's working correctly because I'm the one who usually is managing this because I have more time than Trav does in this particular situation. So make sure that you are responding really, really quickly to the people who want to rent your place. Yeah, because interestingly enough, most people who are looking to rent, I mean, we have had people rent three or four months in advance, but typically, and I think I read this on on one of the maybe Airbnb's blog or something, typically it's six weeks out that people look like that. That's kind of when a lot of bookings happen. And we've actually seen a lot of last minute ones. As we mentioned, we were going to Phoenix and, you know, someone wanted to come in that next day. So it definitely happens where you're getting messages (laughs) and be like, can I come this weekend? So you want to be on top of it and you want to definitely have that little icon next to your thing because Airbnb will say, usually replies within an hour, within five hours. And ours was like within a few days and people (laughs) are not writing us because they wanted an answer right then. Yeah. So that's definitely one trick that you should try to avoid by responding as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, so make sure you're on top of your listing. Make sure you're very clear on what they, they get, how many people can sleep. You know, on, on the site, there's a lot of things you can do. You can add a cleaning fee, which we have done. So we do charge a cleaning fee as part of the uh, the booking. That's because we have someone come in and clean it. And so we, you know, that's right there in front of them. You can do stuff where if it's over a certain amount of people, you charge extra per guest. We haven't done that yet. We've talked about it. I don't typically like when hotels or places charge us extra for the amount of guests because it's the same area. Like, well, why do I have to pay more if there's more people coming through? But now as a Airbnb landlord, I kind (laughs) of get it a little bit. Yeah, and we we definitely wouldn't do it for like two to four people. But when we did have six people staying here, it seemed a little bit overwhelming for us as landlords. Like, wow, there's going to be six people in our house. Like, that's going to be a lot of people in the house for a couple of days. Yeah. So anyway, you can choose any type of scenario that works well for you. It's very easy and it's actually pretty fun. Airbnb has a a great user-friendly interface for their listings and you can swap in between being a traveler and, and listing very easily. So yeah, you can use Airbnb both ways both ways. And we are now happy that we are getting to do it as hosts as well, or landlords, the term I've been using, but hosts as landlords, and also as renters and guests. And it's just been a, a really cool experience for us to see it from the other side. And one of the things that I like about this shared economy, and we've touched on this idea in most of our other podcasts, because we talk about the shared economy and the opportunities it provides, but it it is like it isn't a one size fits all thing. It's not like you need a one bedroom or two bedroom condo downtown in the city to Airbnb. Here we are sitting in a f- three bedroom, could be four bedroom eventually. What the upstairs, the third floor isn't even usable. It's getting remodeled. You know, there's stuff that we want to change about our house, all that kind of stuff. And yet we still have people come in. They're able to have a good time. We our la- our latest guest came in because their daughter was graduating from the the college around the way. And it was a mom and her other daughter and her daughter's husband. I think there's like four of them. And I had to come in and I said, can I come get the mail? I had texted her. We were staying around this area. She's like, sure. So I went to pick up the mail and she welcomed me in and we we chatted for 
20 minutes. And she was just so thankful that they could all be together in a house. And she was cooking dinner. It smelled really good. I kind of wanted to stay. Um, she was <laughs> cooking dinner. And, and she was just like, this is such a cool opportunity for us all to stay together. So it's just really nice that no matter what type of home that you have, if you're looking to maybe be an Airbnb um, landlord, it you can try it. And the worst that happens is you don't have anyone do it and then you lower your price or, you know, or yeah, maybe you, have- you make it work because you can change, you know, the different categories to fit your lifestyle and to fit your needs. And and to jump on what you were saying with the last people who came here that they that someone was graduating, you know, and they had like a little graduation party because when we stopped by, you know, they had all these decorations up and another people, another group of people who rented the our place, first renters, the, first the ones renters, who left it like completely spotless. Completely it was clean, awesome. Um, had a kid's birthday party. So I really think that that's cool that people can use our house and our space to bring like joy and happiness to those around them. Like that just makes me feel really happy. Yeah, and we've we've actually talked about doing stuff like that too. It opens up another realm of traveling because we were talking about hanging out with some of our friends and getting a group of six friends together. And of course, you know, you have six people. Well, what's the first thing you look to do? It's not like, hey, why don't we get three hotel rooms? Gets me sense. I was like, why don't we look on Airbnb? And we can all stay together and we can have a place and get together and hang out. And we can be in a space where, you know, you're in a hotel, you're usually going only there to sleep. You're not hanging out. Here you can be in someone's home or apartment and get to hang out. And so it opens up opportunities for travelers, but it also opens up opportunities for for the hosts, for, for the landlords. And some of those opportunities for us, as we've touched on, are the fact that the first renters that we had in here, the unexpected ones when we were in Phoenix... We got to talking with them and they were only going to stay for three days and we were going to be away in Phoenix for three days. And, you know, they actually then they sent us a text message and said, well, you know, we, we I forget why they had to stay longer. They just wanted to stay longer for some reason. I said, well, would you mind us staying for like two two more days? And I remember Heather and I talked we're like, well, we could push back our plane ticket. And then we emailed them or text them and said, well, would you guys want to stay five more days because we could stay in and get to go see the Grand Canyon and go up to Sedona and all that kind of stuff and extend our trip. And they said, sure. So that was a neat opportunity where they're giving, paying us. They get to stay here, enjoy it. Because we're getting money for it, we get to then extend our trip even longer. Yeah, it definitely makes things a lot easier. And even though it takes a lot more time to manage a listing and have your house ready and, you know, we have to be pretty organized and pretty clean throughout you know, every day. Otherwise, it takes us so long to get ready for an Airbnb tenant, even though we have all these extra little things. Do you things. think we keep it cleaner because of that? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, maybe you don't keep it cleaner, but I definitely try to keep my stuff organized. And I do have more things than Trav because Trav's the minimalist. But that being said, even though it's a little more work and a little more management, it definitely allows us to be less stressed when we think about leaving the country for three months or even two weeks. Because we know that we have a buffer now. And and that is one of the biggest blessings that we've had with being able to rent our house because we love to travel, our business is to travel, and we were just also really wanting a home base. And we've touched on this in other podcasts, but it's just so great that we can come home, have an office, have a house, but then be able to travel and have the freedom to do it when we want. Yeah. If you don't want to spend a lot of money to travel, there's really two options. One, you can find ways to travel cheaper, which we talk about quite often. One of them is renting apartments instead of going to hotels sometimes, you know, using frequent fire miles, all those tips and tricks we give you. The other is to make money 
to defray those costs. And one of the ways you can do that is to make money and, and work as you're traveling, which we do. But another way is for the things that you own at home, like a, like an apartment or a house, to make money for you while you're not there. And it has really just opened up a lot of opportunities for us in that way to help defray our mortgage and our costs like, uh, and things like that to the point that what I have done now, now that we know, okay, we've got some Airbnb people under our, our belt. We like it. We've had good experiences. Yes, it's not always going to be perfect, but we enjoy it overall as Airbnb landlords. I've now set up a separate bank account. So now anytime, and Heather doesn't know this yet, I oh, don't think, but now anytime we get money from Airbnb, what I have it do is just go right to that bank account. So it's not going into our regular bank account. You don't have to do this. You can set up your finances, however. But I think it's kind of neat because now the Airbnb money that we have is going somewhere separate, which will allow us to do things that we want to do, like home improvement. So it's set aside as like a special thing. Hey, then if we want to remodel the bathroom, we can take money from that. And it's not like we're you know pulling money out of our own pocket per se. It's, it's because we've been able to do this. So it's, it's just kind of a neat way to make money, either help defray your mortgage or to do some other things, or maybe you put it in a separate account and use that for a trip, a special trip or anything like that. It's just a, it's a cool thing to make yeah. money from a place that you have that would probably just sit there dormant as you were traveling anyway. Absolutely. I mean, like a good little point to that as well is when we were in South Africa and we rented an Airbnb in Cape Town, the couple, because we rented it last minute that day and they left that night. And when we saw them a few days later, we we're like, yeah, what, what did you guys do? Where did you go? It was still last minute. They're like, yeah, we love renting our place on Airbnb because when people rent it, like we just went on a three day vacation. Trip. Yeah, yeah. Like they went out camping. They took yeah. their car and some tents and they went out yeah. camping. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It can pay for your weekend getaway if that's yeah. what you want to use it for. Yeah. And so much so that, of course, I'm always like jumping way ahead and having these huge, crazy ideas to the point that I'm looking now. We are both looking, but me much more actively and obsessively at buying condos in certain other areas, cities that we've traveled through in our, on our road trip that we talked about, Nashville, New Orleans, and things like that, as Airbnb properties to the point where they would be predominantly Airbnb properties to make money. But then, of course, when we traveled through there, we'd block it off and we'd stay there. So, I mean, there is a world, a whole world out there that I think we're just on the cusp of. A lot of people know Airbnb. I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second here, but a lot of people know Airbnb and have used it a few times, but we are on the cusp here of something that is pretty much unprecedented, and that is being able, with this short-term market, to be able to buy places and have them make substantially more than they would if you long-term rented them out, and also giving you a lot of flexibility for you to travel to those places. It's almost like having a your own timeshare, right? And you get to travel there and use it when you're there, and when you're not, you can, you can have it rented out. And we've given you some of the tips and tricks we use to, to make our listing attractive and to make it as as nice an experience for the uh, people coming through. And we're new at it, but we just wanted to sit down and talk about it because of the fact that we are new, but it has helped us in the last couple months. Really, it's been a, it's become a bigger part of our life and really seeing travel in a different way because we're the landlords and not the travelers now. And it's allowed us to do stuff that we wouldn't be able to do before. Absolutely. So regardless of whether you're saving the money for a trip or you're deciding Rimalo, whatever it is, it is an amazing opportunity. I would urge anyone to give it a try. Again, it's free. And we've been mentioning Airbnb. That's what that's the first one that we got on um, simply because it was the biggest one. It's, you know, I, I'm not gonna say it's the easiest because we're not on the other one. So I don't know what it's like to be on the landlord side of them, but they all 
are fairly easy. So if you want to spread it out and maybe get more people interested, you know, try Airbnb, try HomeAway. Um, there's VRBO, a VRBO which is owned by Homeway. Yeah, there's there's some options out there, and so uh, you can spread yourself out that way if you want to maybe try to get uh, cast a wider net and things like that. So if you're interested, check it out. We highly recommend it. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to our Airbnb listing, so you can you can check out our house, which you know again not perfect, but you can see what people who are just getting an Airbnb, like what our listing is and maybe yeah. model it off some of that. Check and give it out us some soon suggestions because I'm probably going to take new pictures and update the site since I haven't done it since August. And it definitely has different things in it now. So Airbnb, just one of the ways you can make money while traveling. If you're interested in leading this type of lifestyle, as some of you know, every single June, the very beginning of June, we do a thing called the Paradise Pack. And it is a bundle sale. It's usually $2,000 worth of products, 15 to 20 different products. So the one that I mentioned earlier, the Get Paid for Your Pad, the course by Jasper Rivers, that was just one of 20 products in our 2015 Paradise Pack. If you're interested in checking out the 2016 Paradise Pack, the sale will go from May 31st to June 6th. That's 2016, May 31st to June 6th, 2016. You can text Paradise Pack, all one word, to 33444. That'll get you on our email list. And uh, we're doing a lot of cool giveaways leading up to that in the month of May. We're giving away a Tortuga backpack. We're giving away a free copy of the Paradise Pack. So whoever wins that will be actually be the very first person to get the 2016 Paradise Whoa, Pack. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, we've got interviews with some of the people in the Paradise Pack, like little quick interviews. I'm, I'm scaling them down to like eight to 10 minutes. So just a lot of cool stuff that we're doing throughout May. And then of course the sale starts May 31st. So you're going to want to check that out if you're someone who wants to travel, live and work anywhere in the world. Lots of good resources there. Don't forget as well, I already mentioned Tortuga backpacks. Um, If you are looking to buy a Tortuga backpack, that's a backpack I use whenever we travel, check out tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That gets you 10% off your entire order. And if you want the show notes for this show or any of the other episodes, Heather referenced us talking about how to like the tips and tricks we use to rent a good apartment as renters, you can check all that out at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. So that's everything that you need to know. Of course, as always, we are so happy for the sport for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes for tuning in today and hopefully every week. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you-